0: What is going on everybody? It is episode 93 of Pop Culture Crisis. We are finally getting started. Uh, it's a slow burn today. My name is Brett. I'm here with my co-host. Introduce yourself please.
1: Hi, I'm Mary. So happy to be here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great.
0: We're finally getting started after everyone sat here and talked. Uh, at the beginning, it seems to be what what always happens. It's my favorite part, actually, because I would like people to get up here earlier, but instead we just we have like five ten minutes. We're and we, warming up. Yeah, we're warming okay. up. We're getting we're getting our chat in, and and the leader of that chat is our <laughs> co-host today.
2: Sir, I have another job here. You know that, right? Well,
0: I I know, but uh, we don't I'd really like people to get here earlier. Like I, I'm late for our meeting. You are late for for our meeting. I wasn't late today. No, you were you were right here on time. Uh, tell everyone who you are before you before we forget.
2: Hi, I'm Hannah Claire Bremila. I'm a writer for Tim Cast. Dot com.
0: This is very true. Uh, I, uh, I I was just kidding. I, I don't actually expect you to get here earlier as I like literally pull you away from your actual job.
2: No, I always actually like having a couple minutes to talk with you guys because we'll like talk about some stuff that's come up or just hearing how like y'all's work is going. You guys do so much work for this podcast. So I always like to check in with you guys beforehand.
0: Yep, and before we get started, I do want to mention that uh, at the end of the podcast is usually when I mention social medias, all the stuff on where you can find the podcast. But right now, uh, we did finally... Uh, uh, upload an Instagram account. It's at uh, Pop Culture Crisis Pod on Instagram. I think I had that right right off the bat. Yep. I'm very proud of myself on that <laughs> one. Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well as at Pop Culture underscore Show, and then we are also on Facebook and on TikTok at Pop Culture Crisis, and that is uh, all the social medias. I figured we'd get that one out of the way, and I'll do it again at the end, and I'll probably screw up the Instagram at the end rather than at the beginning because I don't think I'll bat a thousand on that one today but we're going to try I didn't write it down or make like a notepad for it or anything but we have a bunch of stuff to talk about we're going to talk about Kanye West and Coachella uh, and The weekend and money and all the things that go along with that which uh, I was surprised about to be honest we've got more Ezra Miller news, because he, uh, he is a lightning rod for, for news this week. Uh, I was explaining to Mary earlier, like, sometimes it'll feel like you're covering somebody a lot, but then you won't hear about them for a long while. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now is his time to not quite be so shiny. Uh, He's okay. in
1: his bag of committing crimes all the time. Yeah, but yeah. We have to talk about it.
0: It's a phase. It's <laughs> a phase, I'm sure. Um, and then we've got uh, some stuff from... Mark Wahlberg, we covered him yesterday about, uh, how, about getting the movie Father Stew made, um, and that was interesting, but I also want to talk about something he put out, an article he had today about the messaging behind that movie and how it relates to what he believes is the cult, you know cancel culture and uh, the general nature of kind of a lack of forgiveness in Hollywood or in, in modern culture right now. We got that, we got Podluck, we got a bunch of stuff, so if you ladies are ready, we can just go ahead and get into it. Are we ready?
1: We're so ready. Let's do it.
0: All right, all right, we're gonna go ahead and get right into it. All right, so Article One, this is uh, from page six and it says the weekend demands Kanye's eight point five million dollar Coachella paycheck threatens to pull out. And I tried to do That's what
1: she said I was oh! I was I was literally
0: <laughs> like don't make the joke. Don't make the joke. (laughs) But thank you. You read my mind. I was
1: immature Thank you. you.
0: That's what I I appreciate that big time. I Uh, think
2: based on current Me Too culture, it has to be a lady who says
0: that. I
2: can't say for sure, but I think that's the rule. Would I be
0: like uh, gender appropriating? Is that a thing Or, or, or... Sexually appropriate. You're just and sounds to just talk creepy. We're not about sex in so, front of women. We're I, sort of
2: weirdly going back to Puritan standards.
0: I see. I mention that all the time, and other people <laughs> say it's not Puritanism. I say it's Puritanism by way of force through feminism. I used to uh, always
2: identify as a Puritan to people. The, they didn't really like it. I you know wear no like why. the
0: hat. Like we got those hats down there that, that look like you would have come
2: gloomy and like, like oppressive rule. No, just
0: There's kidding. a no. A, a, the the um the governor. No, he's the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, or Knox County, Tennessee, or something like that. He's a former pro wrestler named Kane. Uh, and he's like a lifelong libertarian. He was writing articles for libertarian like newsletters back in the 90s. And he has like he, he made a, wow, a, a really a 90s libertarian you know, like, like but also, like he was active that in was politics cool. even in the industry back then. Uh, and he had like a, a post where that he released one day where he said like uh, what was it? He said uh, uh, Puritanism is the haunting fear that someone somewhere is having fun. <laughs> Like that, that
2: David Sedaris talks at uh, this author that I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of talks about like I basically identifying as a Puritan because he and his uh, partner he's a gay man and his mm. partner are monogamous and he like has this whole essay about how he's like you know I always felt like that was the way it should be but it's unusual and among a lot of my friends but you know so they would consider me a Puritan and I never really thought about it because I had to spend so much time cobbling shoes <laughs> looking the Cobbling it's shoes. it's a great essay I'll have to show I would, it to you I would
0: love to learn how to cobble yeah. I want to learn, I, I, I was like, uh, jobs I always wanted was either to be a cobbler or I wanted to learn how to be a locksmith
2: one of my favorite quotes from Gilmore Girls is this guy pretending to be like a from uh you know the early revolutionary pre-revolutionary war mm-hmm. America and he is saying I'll cobbled you a cobbled thing for a hay penny and like I don't think he knows what a cobbler does I don't <laughs> even know
0: what a hay penny is what the hell's a hay penny yeah
1: anyways let's, okay. let's cobble some cobbled you know, well the uh, weekend is getting a eight, pretty penny <laughs> yes
0: 8.5 million hay pennies uh, actually that would be like a lot more hay pennies but yes so, uh, so basically it says the drama at Coachella continues to play out as we know, Kanye backed out just the other day. Um, Kim has now since come out and made herself look even better, where she's like, "I forgive you, Kanye," and we're always going to be family. Playing the e, like I literally see her as like uh, Cruella Deville, PR person. She's incredible. But it says Coachella organizers allegedly tried to stiff the weekend after he stepped uh, up to replace Kanye West at Sunday as Sunday's headliner at the festival later this month. There's a great. That's what she said, joke in there earlier, but I'm not going to edit there at the stiff part. Uh, we're told that the singer threatened to pull out of the if he wasn't paid the same money as Kanye West, who is set to rake in eight million plus five hundred thousand in production fees. Uh, I don't know if that means like going towards like setting up the actual concert, a la like they were talking about. Remember when Adele was like. They couldn't get her show exactly. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's sort of phrased to me like it would be like his team and his company cover production costs, like setting stuff up, and then Coachella
0: reimburses. So he's
2: really earning eight million dollars.
0: Okay. But so it says, pa- page six says, exclusively re- re- exclusively revealed that the weekend was the front runner to replace the all the lights rapper who bailed on the gig less than two weeks before the show. Coachella organizers uh, announced early Wednesday that the weekend, thirty two, and house music group uh, house music supergroup Swedish House Mafia will be taking over for the. Rappers slot on April 17th and Sunday, April 24th. So it's two weekends. Uh, but a music source told us the deal wasn't even done for the Blinding Light Center when they made that announcement. That makes it seem to me that he has all the bargaining power.
2: Like yeah, he definitely does. There's
0: only so many artists of that So you know, um, Coachella's
2: had a rough go of it, though. I mean, they've canceled the like they canceled twenty twenty and twenty twenty one, and I think that made a lot of artists sort of nervous to Mm. sign with them because of all the COVID regulations. They didn't know if it was going to happen or not. Oh, because still enforcing any? I don't know that they're effective anymore. I mean, part of it like. One of the funny things about it was, like, at Coachella, it's in the desert, so there's a lot of dust. So they've actually always recommended people wear masks because of you can get sick, oh, you can inhale the that dust. That makes perfect sense. And so that was sort of, like, already in effect. Um, I don't—I haven't checked in a long time, basically, to keep Coachella—to um, be updated with what's going on with Coachella, but— I know in 2021 they tried and they canceled it and you know the refund and it's sort of all over the place um i could see it being both that it's kanye has a lot of bargaining power but also the well, event that had been so popular sort of trying to regain its footing
0: so so kanye was uh was set to make that much anyways that was what he had negotiated and from what i understand i'm going to come back to this article but uh ariana grande pulled the same amount uh eight million in beyonce was said to be like eight to twelve million mm-hmm. later said to be eight million so that's that seems to be about the going rate for whoever the headliner is at the festival area. And arguably Kanye's making would have been making less or the weekend'll be making less because of inflation. Um, you know, relating to those costs. So, oh, yeah. uh, uh, so it says the source said that the weekend came in short notice to take Kanye's top spot, but Phil Anschutz, uh, who owns Coachella through AEG Live, uh, I think that's Golden Voice is the other name for that company, or one of the names for that company. It says wanted to hold on to Kanye's money and pay the weekend far less, just a few million. The festival would pocket the rest. Maybe they're hurting for costs right now because of all the cancellations. Or maybe they just
2: don't think. I mean, like Devil's Advocate here. Maybe they just don't think the weekend is worth Kanye money.
0: If you're I coming... didn't
1: think that he was a good re- replacement for Kanye. Everyone got their tickets to see Kanye. Yeah.
0: Maybe not the maybe not on Kanye's level. I mean, I I don't know if he's not on Kanye's level of fame, but he's as much of a household name as Kanye is. Not sure, but I same... bet a
1: ton of fans are getting refunds because of Kanye yeah. leaving. And Kanye is sort of, I mean, ask
2: Dane, who's on the show pretty regularly kanye fans the donda boys as they often identify themselves <laughs> yep. are not paying to see the weekend yeah. they're paying to see kanye yeah he has such a cult following in brand that the weekend while popular the one really
1: cares about the weekend's personality i feel
2: like um what's that one something like i don't know i'm not good with rappers but like there are a couple who are extremely popular and people really follow their career yep. the weekend is sort of not the same level of um they like his music i don't
1: think they really care that much about him as a person yeah he's not really like a cult figure the way some of these other people are but he
0: still has all the bargaining power because he's being brought in at the last minute and it's just like when somebody who uh gets brought in to do a job when that when all else fails you can uh, you can ask for more money
2: which is like good on him for doing that i just think it actually isn't totally unreasonable at the festival would be like well we're not going to your base pay for us wouldn't have been Kanye money, anyways.
0: Yeah, uh, so it's uh, what they were saying is like uh, I, I saw an article that said uh, Eminem pulls about a million for a Coachella, ex- like for a Coachella appearance, Just a million. Uh, Lady Gaga four, um, and if I mean- you work out what they're doing because they're doing two weekends, it's about four million per. Per weekend oh, if they're making eight million okay. they're making about four million per performance mm. okay. per performance so
2: kanye would have made like 16 million
0: no kanye would have made that That they're making eight million so they're making about so, that's, four. so, so
2: like if, if you're saying eminem makes one million
0: but he's mean, not doing the headline so he's likely just doing, one, doing weekend, one weekend okay uh, and lady gaga would be just doing one weekend okay. um and me I, I mean there's probably a time when she would have headlined right? and the
2: two weekends that kanye was supposed to be on the weekend is doing both or he's doing one and Swedish house mafia is doing the other.
0: No, he's doing both. That was the other thing I was wondering is like, is it because it's like a dual headline show, uh, that like they, they thought they were going to pay him less because they were going to put the rest of that money into paying Swedish house mafia. Like I can't imagine they're worth, I I mean, maybe I'm, am I just out of touch? They, I don't feel like they're worth uh, a million dollars for a a music performance.
2: I thought they stopped touring at one point. Okay. So maybe in that sense, it's like a premium to see them. I have no evidence to back this up. I have to say, Yep. Um, I just knew I remember they were They've been really popular For a long time um, And so in so, some ways They might have more Of a dedicated following That is willing to spend Yeah
0: money. Plus people that love Live music love live music So I suppose <laughs> that That drives ticket sales So the source said That even after Coachella Announced the new lineup On Wednesday A deal wasn't in place For the weekend Who threatened to pull out At an hour's notice If he didn't get The same deal as Kanye <laughs> Finally on Wednesday Faced with the prospect Of a second headlined act Pulling out of Coachella At the last minute Onshoot's company Caved and agreed to pay the weekend the same money uh while reps to shoots didn't didn't comment a second insider said the billionaire aeg mogul wasn't personally handling the negotiations himself i'm sure not like if he's a if he's a billionaire this is just one of his uh you know uh subsidiary uh subsidiary companies Uh, somebody else was doing the doing the negotiating a rep for the weekend didn't return multiple calls for comment good for them for trying multiple times uh earlier this week they or
2: they mean that multiple outlets contacted them yes so it's not like page six called multiple yep. times okay. just for reference um, i don't know which but that's sometimes what that means um
0: Okay. Oh, yeah multiple people reached out yeah okay so yeah and they just talk about kind con- of I, I just pulled this up for reference. Is that he left eight million on the table to to do this to uh what he said was uh he wants to get right and get help and and be healthy again and we can only hope. And I like I saw Kim's post today. I didn't pull those up where she's talking about how like we want you to get better. Like she just always comes out looking so much. Uh, she
1: says that, but she's doing things to intentionally provoke him. Like she's got Kanye's daughter sitting in another man's lap. Yes,
0: tell them about that. That that was creepy. Uh, North,
1: apparently they're saying the kids just met Pete like days ago. Yep. And then there are pictures of North sitting in Pete's lap. First of all, this guy doesn't even have kids, right? No. He's not even a dad himself. That's just super weird. And no kid would normally behave that way, like well, without being influenced by their parents. And
2: there was that whole text exchange between Kanye and Pete where he was like, I'm in bed with your wife, and it's like in her house, right? Because she has children and it's a weekday, so presumably she's home. Yeah. Like it seemed weird that they're like, I saw all these headlines that were like uh, Kim introduces Pete to north for the first time like you only introduce him to one of your children and this is the first time like yeah. that doesn't feel realistic nope um i am very and like there were quotes from connie being like i'm hearing that the boyfriend's in the house like what what does every i mean they know they has have a to be big mansion. i guess nuts. maybe he stayed on yeah his half like <laughs> section off <laughs> might yeah. be easier to sneak around then i don't know
1: yeah. i don't know
0: I, I was curious about what coachella makes per like per show right just because I was I was looking at that number as like eight million is a lot of money, and I don't know how much ticket sale. You mm-hmm. know, I'm assuming tickets are fairly expensive. It says uh, in 2017 and 2018 um, the estimated earnings for uh, Coachella was 114 million. Um, there are about six million Americans. There was a lot a lot of money in it that year. It says uh, so it's an average artist, like a lower tier artist, will make uh, 75 to 125 k at the what is it? I think that was like the ACDC, Jack White, and Drake are likely to earn hundreds of thousand dollars performance. There's also an option below, so below, a tier below them would be in that range. Uh, and there's just, the headliners get paid three to five million usually up until 2018. That's what they said. Uh, Beyonce and Ariana Grande pulled in more. So that's one for equality, right? Um, <laughs> women and men making the same amount.
2: Stop trying to make feminism
0: cool. No, No gender wage gap. No million dollar gender wage gap between Ariana Grande (laughs) and Kanye West and The Weeknd. Look at that. They're so mad at me right now. They they both just they both look just very un, unamused by my half joke. Half, uh, I'll say
2: it again. Stop <laughs> trying to make feminism cool, Brett.
0: I'm not trying. I I didn't. I, I was surprised by a number that said Drake making nine hundred thousand. He feels like he would be a million dollar.
2: But again, um, are they saying this per performance or per per per, per weekend?
0: The, they, these aren't headliners. These are just people on the show. So uh, that's I would what think
1: Drake would make more.
0: Yeah, you would think he would make more than than nine hundred thousand. Yeah. That of course could be an older year. By now, he might be making more than that but it feels like he's been at his like zenith for quite some time Mm -hmm. like he's not gaining more popularity he's just remaining relevant and culturally significant mm-hmm. so I, I don't know uh, I, good for Ariana Grande and Beyonce I guess but uh, I'm being yelled at by my co-host with looks
1: What? <laughs> they,
0: they seemed very angry that, that, that I brought that up no I, I I'm if,
2: excited for you if you're excited for Ariana <laughs> I just don't personally care <laughs> uh,
0: but uh, they said I, I was surprised because it said Beyonce paid between 8 and 12 million but then one source told me like it was 8 and then another one said maybe 8 is met as much as 12 so there was no way for me to confirm whether it was that much that would be a lot i for... wonder how
2: like merch sales and stuff are governed here too yeah, right because like are they allowed know. to sell their own merch and just do this give a portion to um you know i am Coachella, yeah. Coachella sells his own stuff. like they might not be able to give a clear uh number yeah like, some of it might be in flux
0: they probably pl- i mean that's where that's where most like mid-tier bands make their money right just merch sales like mm-hmm. your, your average like r- traveling you know mid-level rock band doesn't make their money off the live performances they make their money off merch sales and uh and that type of stuff. So who knows? Nowadays I imagine like, I don't know how much you guys listen, like follow music or have bands that you follow, but I have to imagine like, like Patreon has to be more important than ever now for like struggling bands that are like trying to get a foothold. Cause music fans are so distinctly passionate by nature Mm -hmm. that when you find somebody that really likes a band, they tend to really get into it. So I feel like they kind of inspire more support than, than your average person who's just looking to get support for something they're creating.
2: Yeah. And I think, can't you subscribe to certain channels off of um, YouTube too? Like my songs into some like folk country like new stuff that comes out. So she subscribes to a channel. Yeah, you can be a channel member on YouTube. And
1: then you're getting like... You can super follow on Twitter now.
0: Yeah, Twitter (laughs) Blue or whatever. The thing
1: that changed over the years uh, with music fans is um, if bands were looking to make money or appeared to want to make money off of their music in any way, they'd get viciously attacked for being sellouts. Yeah, you're not allowed allowed to enjoy it. I don't know why, but these days... People are a lot more pragmatic about that, yeah. and they actually want to financially support artists. Do you want to hear my theory on this?
2: What? I think this is, ha- has a lot to do with influencer culture. I think it's hmm. because influencers can say to you, like, yeah, I know you've seen a lot of ads on my Instagram. Like, you know, this is how I do my job. And people will comment and be like, oh my gosh, mommy blogger, we love you. We're <laughs> happy to help you make money. Mm-hmm. Or like, think of all of like the YouTube vloggers that you follow who are like, um, you know, it's a word from our sponsors. I'm like, don't skip our ads because that's how we're going to pay for our house. You know what I mean? And I think that like it opened the door for uh, musicians to be like, yes, if I don't make money, I cannot do this. Yep. I think our our culture has changed in how we see spending basically like attention and currency accordingly. Yeah.
0: They uh, maybe people are realizing that there really isn't that much romance in the idea of the starving artist just not really a, a well, romantic. Well, if
2: they dish. starve to death, then you can't hear the music. <laughs> see, so, I, the, right. the funny
0: thing is to make music, I actually have to eat food and pay my bills. Uh, I have equipment that needs to be bought. That's what they would, you know, like it's, it's amazing to me that that's absolutely very true that most people back in the day seemed to only want to support them if they were suffering, but not if they actually wanted to go into the mainstream and make actual money. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see like a documentary on like essentially middle class artists like artists who are not mega famous yeah they're not you know blowing up everywhere but they are basically working musicians and they go on tour but they ha- provide their like families or their lifestyle like a nice normal yeah. tier of comfort and financial there was security a
1: documentary about warp tour that was made in 2010 and they followed a small band um that was traveling from location to location in a van together just completely like sleeping on the floor of the of the van, mm-hmm. and like, um, I think at one point there was like a chicken rotting under under oh, a seat in the van. That's disgusting. Um, what was it called? I don't remember what it was called. But they also looked at um, other like bigger artists yeah. too. You get a glimpse of it in
2: in this documentary called "The Other F Word," which is about like punk musicians who become fathers. It's really good. I highly recommend it. Um, and some of them are still like, you know touring and they have these kids and they don't live some of them are extremely successful and you can tell that their lifestyles are lavish and other ones seem sort of like successful but not like out of this world financially rich I guess they're
0: not making the weekend money
2: sure not they would making... be happy with the six million yeahella <laughs> wants to pay them
0: so uh, we, we will see how that goes I think uh, I think it's good that he asked for the same amount of money I don't think he should have settled for less than that if I were him I would have tried to get more I would have been like nope ten million dollars or another weekend with no headliner sorry guys and then uh, and then make them pay so all right we're gonna move on we are gonna talk about S- Poor Ezra Miller. Uh, Ezra Miller is back in the news again after just being in here yesterday. Basically, when we covered this in the afternoon yesterday, we talked about how... Uh, there was people reaching out to Warner Brothers saying like, "Look, uh, okay, the dude choke slammed a woman <laughs> in Iceland. Uh, he got into multiple. That's not even
2: like the latest. We're just re- no. We're we're that remembering was 20- we're not, that was
0: 2020. Like, uh, he's like he he did that. He got into a bar fight. He got arrested. He threatened a woman. He got a a a restraining order against him. Are you guys gonna like?" I don't know. Something do, seems
2: like it's up with this guy.
0: Are yes. you going to do anything about it, maybe, like Warner Brothers? And so like then the, the insider gave a response. It's like, like we're discussing options. Uh, and that's what comes out today. It says, uh, can, can, this is from Cosmic Book News. Confirming what we reported yesterday, now it is learned that Warner Brothers has held an emergency meeting uh, regarding the behavior of Ezra Miller, which follows his recent arrest in Hawaii for disorderly conduct and harassment, which also led to uh, the restraining order against the couple that he was staying with. One I want to know. I still want to know why he was like staying with like a random couple. Like, who he are met. these people? He met like they, he, they said like he met them at like a farmer's market or a co-op or something. And, like, shouldn't he be like? Shouldn't he be <laughs> like
1: naive people? Yeah,
0: like like imagine like they look him up online and they see the video of or him choke slamming. they like
2: they them. met at a at a farmer's market and they have a weird relationship I might be re- developed from there. Like, I feel like we're just not getting all the details here.
0: I might be misremembered. It was like a farmer's market or a co-op. Maybe I imagined that, that, ha- that <laughs> a co-op happened. For but...
1: What? A co Ezra would be at one of those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> it says, it said that the result, it says, it said that as a result of that meeting, Warner brothers has decided to hit pause on any future projects involving Miller, including possible appearances in the DC extended universe. Now for a lot of these studios, um, they will work with actors on more more than one project. Uh, Obviously DC, the company, which is both DC comics, which is folded into DC extended universe, which is their films division um, are both owned by Warner brothers. Uh, So Warner brothers doesn't just own that they own Harry Potter, at least as far as the film rights to Harry Potter. Right. So they, he's in, he's coming up in fantastic beasts and where to find them three uh, secrets of Dumbledore, whatever it is. Um, And he's not on the press tour for that at all. Uh, and they're talking about how they're going to pause any future projects. Now he's if for the money they've the money and the time that they've invested in this dude. You would think that they would want to make sure he's healthy, but it seems like there's more than a little bit going on. Uh, and it says regarding Miller's frequent meltdowns and and losing it. That's what they talk about being on set. Now I have some issues with the phrasing of this because I think it could also be just a dude who's like. Going through, um, I don't know if it's called, if it would be imposter syndrome, or it, it seems like he's just struggling, right? Like, so it says, uh, it says, uh, it said that while the actor didn't yell or have any violent outbursts, Ezra would get a thought in his head and say, I don't know what I'm doing.
1: Been there so many times. You have. Relating to Ezra right now.
0: Yes, yes. You're like, what am I doing? Uh, I don't know
1: about choke slamming people, but,
0: <laughs> but you, but you've stopped and thought. Everyone
1: like, has moments like yeah,
0: that. I have that. Like, we'll be recording the the show some days, and I'm like, what?
2: Yeah, but this doesn't seem like imposter syndrome to me. Like, this
1: seems like a guy who is like, but, no, I thought it meant like, wait. Uh, what were we doing again? Then, like if it's in the middle of acting, yeah.
0: Then, if it's that, then I think that's more than likely drug related. Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely. I'm going to go Occam's razor on this and say it could be uh, a condition, you know, uh, a health condition that's possible, but it could also be stress combined with. He's at the abuse. appropriate
2: age for a couple of psychological conditions to be on their early onset. I mean, like it could be anything. Schizophrenia. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Mm. Uh, it could be anything, but it does seem to me like more than just, like, nerves or anxiety or, like, you know... I stuff. think anxiety Imposter plays...
0: Syndrome. I think I think uh, anxiety plays a huge role in it. Anxiety
2: uh, can be a huge factor in a lot of things, but I think that, like, this studio is failing to realize... And, again, maybe it's because... My my theory is that it's a like more serious psychological issue and that when they screened him, you know, when they did interviews with him and when they had him come in for screenings for The Flash and the things that they're involving him in, he wasn't exhibiting symptoms. That was a very long now. time
1: ago. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I have uh, I actually have a timeline pulled up. I gonna I'll pull this one up. It's uh, it's literally it talks about like when the stuff like this movie was announced in 2014 with him attached to star in it. So that was what now? That's uh, that's eight years ago. That's like a uh, crazy ten? amount yeah. of time. Um, also, like, eight.
2: who's he related to that they're so interested? In him?
0: <laughs> I have, I mean, I, think, I hate to
2: like play the nepotism card,
0: but I, I don't think it's that. I think he's fashionable. I think he's uh, I think I keep calling him he, but he's um. So they uh, they them he, they are Miller it's fashionable the, what has yeah, miller
2: I, been doing of late like we discovered nothing. That he nothing i saw this this remark thing.
1: that he doesn't take a wide variety of roles because it's more like old-fashioned to kind of be owned by a certain studio yeah mm-hmm. that's absolutely be claimed right. yeah yeah to be contracted with yeah
0: that was betty white was like there was i was when betty white passed there was like a thing like she was like the last contract maybe I'm maybe I'm misremembering that like somebody was like the last contract star to like where they had to do like a certain amount of projects under that studio now it's
2: I mean, that still exists in Hollywood. It's just not as, like, long-standing. A lot of them yeah. have gotten out of... would uh, be however. by the year, if have... not by
0: the... Not yeah, by the
2: or film. they'll be contracted for a certain number of movies, but they're allowed to do this many yeah. other projects somewhere else. And that's
0: how this is for these. Like, uh, like when, when you sign on to do a Marvel, you're not just signing on for one movie, you're signing on for multiple projects. But
2: when he got signed on to do Marvel, like, what... Or he... He's
0: not Marvel. He's... I'm just saying, I'm giving these two companies, Marvel and DC, both sign What signed had he from... been, like,
2: doing at the time that made him... Fa- like, that's the thing. If he's contracted with this studio, but they're not really pre- producing his stuff like I know the flash came out relatively recently like I think the claim that he is all I'm trying to say is I think the claim that he is fashionable or in high demand is actually false I think that he he doesn't seem to be as you know prominent as a lot of other
1: young actors
0: he's not uh his clout
1: is like totally fabricated but he wears eyeliner so we don't really need to worry about it oh I forgot
0: and that's (laughs) probably and if we're being fair, it's playing a. Ro- it likely is playing a role in why the studio has chosen not to to act on these things sooner. When you think about, this is the same studio that removed Johnny Depp from Fantastic Beasts just because of whispers of. of for your one hundredth
2: episode, can we do a whole Johnny Depp deep dive? That's all I'm asking for.
0: <laughs> we, uh, I'd need a, uh, an ibuprofen and a lot of time. Let's um, do it. So, they, like they, they separated themselves from him instantly. And he lost out on Pirates of the Caribbean, and he lost out in Warner Brothers as Fantastic Beasts. So that studio directly took him off uh, based on mere allegations, not actual video of him doing something violent to a person. Uh, in in the real world so in 2014 the Flash uh, movie was announced with Ezra Miller to play Barry Allen in 2015 uh, Seth Graham was hired uh, to write and direct in 2016 he cameos in Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice in 2016 Seth Graham departs uh, uh, in 2016 a new director is brought on in 2016 again uh, Kiersey Clemens cast as the female lead she's going to play um, uh, Iris Iris West uh, and then he cameos in Suicide Squad so they basically just keeping him around for cameos as the flash in other projects uh and then there's a new writer brought on in 2017 and that director they hired is gone as well new front runner for director emerges in 2017 and this goes on and on and on and the movie just can't get done and now it's finally getting that now they finally finished this one eight years later and he's like imploding uh and i'm sure the studio sees nothing but dollar signs just going up in smoke right now um the says they they, there's this thing here about how like he his legal troubles are just very very important to to the studio like he had gotten in trouble in 2011 while finishing like a a ya film with like getting caught with weed or something like that not in my opinion the hugest deal especially in that industry um far worse things happen but then there's the video in 2020 of him uh they call it choke slamming. They call it choking a woman, but he was pushing her to the ground. Uh, and then the Instagram posts about the, the KKK, where he did the weird thing with the KKK. Uh, then there's the Hawaii Police Department that's the disorderly conduct at the bar. All of this going on. And they're just, they're, the studio's just saying the hell with it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you do. What do, what does a studio do to either rein in his behavior? Well, and like,
2: what's the point, yeah. really? Like, if they've already, if the Flash really isn't going anywhere, if they're keeping around for cameos, you don't have to have cameos. Like, no. Why not cut ties with this person who's acting radically? Even if he's just a jerk, right? Like, even if it's not any mental health or drug-related issue, he's just difficult to work with. Like, they are waste they waste time and energy trying to protect this person yeah
0: and the movies the the movie that he's talking about that they're talking about for him is done filming and in post will come out next year uh barring reshoots so get that done and then recast
1: the thing is i think they should release it even sooner and just move on just get it over Mm -hmm. with like this year
0: yeah yeah well then they're that kind of lends its own set of problems because they just announced the reshuffling of the order for like the 9,000th time. Uh, And they (laughs) did this with Morbius got like eight, it got moved like eight times and it's suffering now because of bad press and everything and going into its second weekend. So I just think that for the studio to be able to put up with this, there has to be a reason, right? Like when other stars are given way less leash and way less,
2: uh, which I circle back to who is Ezra Miller related to, he must, he
0: must be related to someone, Dennis Miller. Are there, what famous Millers are there that, that could,
2: because even the argument that he slash they is a fun, trendy, you know, complicated, personal, identity person you know there's a bunch of those you can turn to someone else
0: yep uh it's also this this is all coming where uh warner brothers is in the process of being sold which is a huge Mm -hmm. part of it because they're being sold to discovery right now there was basically just a huge bloodbath at the uh what do you call it the um like the c-level employees of warner brothers are all like yeah so it says uh the news about the emergency meeting surrounding ezra miller also came right as discovery takes over probably not a coincidence which is cleaning house at warner brothers uh in what is described as a bloodbath that includes the ouster and sarnoff who's been developing the dc movies uh ezra miller's problematic behavior also includes now deleted bizarre posts on instagram while filming fantastic beasts in iceland so they just go through all of it and it's just hard to believe that he's worth this much money, time, and effort from all of the people that have to be involved in keeping this going.
2: And, I mean, were the things that he is involved in particularly profitable because of him? Like, mm-hmm. does he play a major role no, in anything? No,
0: not. and he hasn't had a solo film yet. Hmm. So that, that makes no sense to me. I don't know. This is this is one of those things where I kind of find it hard to believe that anyone's worth that money. I, at this point, I don't think it's identity anymore. Like, I don't know if the identity is really keeping him, costing them hundreds of millions of dollars and all the horrible press just because he's a fashionable identity. It, it feels like it has to either be something else or he's on his way out. So, I don't know if that's uh, where this is going, but it, it kind of freaks me out. Because I, I can't imagine us being allowed to have such bad behavior in the real world. No, no. Could we have such bad behavior and not get in trouble?
1: Maybe we can try it out. You want
0: you want to do that after <laughs> work today? Just go downstairs and just do some very very just bad start stuff. Wrecking yep. Everything.
2: Uh, the thing is, like, it's one of these weird situations where, like, we would not because we also don't want to cause problems for the company that we're working for. And so, if Miller can't control the impulse to not get into bar fights, or if he feels entitled to act in whatever way he can, like, either way,
1: he's a liability for the studio. Yeah. Yep. and i don't i just think that's the last thing he's thinking about right now it doesn't I, feel I think like so it too. Minor. but that like for the studio
2: like yeah that doesn't help them at all right yeah if we one of us did something like unbecoming conduct it didn't look good for the company we we're in it would not be too surprising for any of us if there was blowback right yeah. we would hope we'd be treated fairly but like we don't know. We don't assume that like it will be like, ah, oh, well that that's just Wild Mary. Like that's why we have her right now.
1: What's <laughs> your new
0: nickname, Wild Mary.
1: Wild yeah. Mary. feral I, Mary. Uh, <laughs> I ooh. like feral Mary. That's great.
0: <laughs> that that now that's what you're going to be called from now awesome. on. We also had that thing the other day It's like if oh, do you like that nickname? Then we can't call you that.
1: Hate that. You can't yeah, don't call me that.
0: That very smart. Um I have like uh, I have like weird um forms of anxiety where I would I would be fearful that I would start having weird moments like this where I just start freaking out for no reason and not be able to understand why. Like I have this recurring nightmare that I just walk into IRL while IRL is on without realizing that it's on. and just like walk it's, t-
2: it's very difficult just for anyone listening to like accidentally stumble into you can't just stum- cast irl studio in the way where, where we work like there's no way you just accidentally open a door and like that's where you are like i have this so ex- extremely I, I i have a lot of empathy for you because i too have a lot of irrational fears but yeah.
1: like oops thought this was a coat closet
0: like, that's exact- tell you
2: how difficult it would be to accidentally pull this off and like no i get that there's been a couple i have a couple different like super irrational workplace fears that just like (laughs) i can't shake but on the other hand like they're not real no so we have to manage our expectations within ourselves one of
0: the other ones is like the is knocking over the the giant glass orb that's down in the in the in the green room
2: oh yeah i don't like touching (laughs) any of the house trinkets because i don't know who they are and i we have this um I don't know if you've seen it in the kitchen, but there's like this moon floating mm-hmm. and it's like on a magnetic thing. And for a long time... I think time, Mary knocked
0: it over. I knocked
2: it over. <laughs> I, multiple times. I regularly take it out of its little orbit and I cannot put it... Like it's all fine and good if you can get it to rebalance on the magnet. I cannot. I can't either.
0: When when I first came up here, I brought one of the the, the lights. They have the, the lights that turn... Nick's got one over by us. It's, it's, it's the yeah, little, they're yeah. like floating light bulbs. It's, it's like the floating light bulb. And one of my fears... Like, or like I was able to put it together in my room, but then I was going to put when I was going to set it up as like a backdrop here, put it in the background somewhere just because mm-hmm. I thought it would look cool. Couldn't, couldn't put get it. by it for, Mary's TV. We, we could, we, yeah. we could still do that. But at the time I was like trying to put one together and I couldn't, F- couldn't figure it out and like this is totally like an hour before recording and i had to just scrap it because i couldn't figure it out uh, but then i go downstairs to like set it up in my room and it goes on instantly i'm like am i just is it just allergic to the room up here but i have all sorts of fears like that of like things that i don't want to screw up just because you're like surrounded by people all day and one of them is definitely like i walk into irl to go get like a water from like the fridge
2: no <laughs> Why? Like I'm sure you never, ever, ever get a water out of the iron. I do. No, well, I, maybe you should just stop doing that. Then I
0: mean, no, I don't. I don't ever do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I that's... get
2: nervous with all like the wires in our workplaces. Yes. Like the other day, we were recording, and like the monitors here just went like black. And Brett, no, very understandably, was like, "What just happened?" And um, was checking the different computers. And I sit right right next to one of the computers, and it turns out there's a wire that runs right by my foot as far as we know i'm not the one who accidentally turned not. off the computers but even sitting here now i am like ah, i wish this wire would go away
0: yeah. like, now
2: that i know it's there i'm terrified i'm going to kick it I had, mm-hmm. I had i didn't have a problem before or like the cameras i'm like i'm pretty tall so i have long limbs, and i'm like always worried i'm gonna like, I knock the light out of orbit
0: i knock the neon lights that we use as backdrops over all the time and i'm always paranoid i won't be able to get it back to like like it never quite looks the same when i move it back into position um thought wouldn't
2: be the worst thing in the world,
1: it, no,
0: right? No, it, it would have been all right. But most of that stuff is like but imagine you're on like a, a six is <laughs>
1: sitting over here like I work with the most neurotic people. Like, <laughs> I feel okay, guys. And yep. it's like my first just week, wait. So yep. just wait.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh but like, you know, uh if and that's not that's on a project that's not worth eight. Gazillion dollars to make those, you know, those movies cost three hundred million dollars to make. I think some neuroticism would make sense on, on a set like that. So, uh, hopefully, everything is okay for Ezra and and he turns things around. Uh, oh, they turn things around. That's what I would prefer. So, good for I'll him. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for whoever that whoever they is. <laughs> Who, whoever whoever they is. That's that's what we <laughs> hope. All right, we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about uh, Mark Wahlberg uh, explains why his new film's uh, Father Stew directly opposes cancel culture. Uh, and this is kind of one of those things where I don't want to make this all about religion, but um, me and Mary have some discussion, Have had some discussions about religion uh, since she's been here, and as someone who is not inherently religious, sees the value in religion, but uh, found this article really interesting because it's more about redemption than it is about cancel culture. It feels like, like they use the term cancel culture in the article, but mm-hmm. it feels like they're doing that more because it's a term that people...
1: Well, the whole point of cancel culture is to deperson someone mm-hmm. so that redemption is... Not possible. Exactly. It can never come back. Um, they're just buried forever. They
0: hate the idea of redemption. The pe- yeah, people who so are like proponents forever of these condemned.
1: Behaviors. And the whole point of the movie that he's making is the opposite of that. Yep. It's the redemption of somebody mm-hmm. The turning of his life around
0: mm-hmm. So it says uh, We'll just start at this part It says Part of why can't This is uh, Faith Wires. Uh, I can't even pronounce that This person's name uh, I'll just say Phillips Is his last name uh, He then notes Part of why cancel culture Is so toxic Is because as Wahlberg said There's nothing worse Than when somebody realizes That people don't care Because it causes them To lose hope And to have no faith In contrast Wahlberg says You cannot give up on people The actor then observes And people are so quick to turn their backs on people, uh, on people and negativity as a whole has just been amplified in a way that, uh, that it's really hard to remind people of the importance of loving and supporting people. People can do incredible things. I feel like these days, like these, like the people who would disagree with him, uh, fall into that category of believing like, um, any type of positivity or forgiveness would be seen as naive and they don't want to be seen as naive. Does that make sense? Like they, they yeah, see. Yeah,
2: there is an inherent cynicism that, like, people it's extremely are cynical are are like gullible and foolish. I yes. think that that is a theme that comes through a lot of media today. Yeah. Do you
0: ever have moments of that where you feel more cynical? Does that come through to you too?
2: Sure. Mean? Yeah. Like, do
0: you have moments where you're like on that level of cynicism where you're like, you know, it's not even worth it anymore? Uh, or you believe that people should just be cast out for good without hope of redemption. I imagine nobody here has that feeling, but cynicism is a very easy pattern to fall into nowadays.
2: I think there are things that I am cynical about, but I don't think that cynicism and not trusting people or having people who you don't feel like you should have to tolerate are the same thing, Hmm. Um, in my opinion. I don't
1: know how you feel about that, Mary. Um, There are a lot of public apologies these days, and I'm cynical about them because... People are apologizing often for offenses that, well, it's their apology that is allowing the next person to get dogpiled. Mm-hmm. And in another situation, if, if someone else were in their shoes, they would join the dogpile. That's what I'm cynical about. Yeah. So there's nothing wrong with accepting an apology or allowing someone to redeem themselves. But cancel culture, it's like targeting someone for an offense that was actually not an offense at all.
0: And I struggle with the idea of apologies these days so much because most of the people that are asking for it don't actually want an apology. They just want something to hold over you. So I struggle with, I mean, that's that's a level of like not wanting to, um, uh, it, maybe that's a lack of humility, but it's also like a defense mechanism. Like mm-hmm. why would I apologize to people that don't actually look to forgive me? They just want proof that I did something wrong. Like, well, so on an, an interpersonal, interpersonal level,
1: that's not always the case, but with a mob of people on the internet that's always the case yes not that they're they're not interested in your response
0: they're not they're they're only interested in you admitting your power
1: tripping yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: he says uh he elaborates is if this movie really changes people's lives and motivates them and inspires them to do great things you know all i really got to do is convert one person and i get and i get to go through the the pearly gates and i asked mary before the show i said is that true Uh, so, uh, if that's, you know, that's a good thing to hear from somebody in this industry, an industry that we talk about a lot as being kind of evil and demonic. And I mean, I hate that word because I, I find a lot of hyperbole in that, but I see that quite often. you know, there is a lot of, um, not hate, but there's a lot of like evil in Hollywood. Uh, and there's a lot of negativity in how we see Hollywood because it's a very sin filled industry as we all know. So it's interesting to me that he's, uh, he's able to maintain a religious perspective in such a, non-religious industry just like we talked about yesterday how uh, hard it was for him just to get this movie made
1: right and unless you're completely anti-fragile because you have enough money and enough personal relationships like him yeah then you will be ostracized for saying anything remotely like this yep
0: says uh i would like to have a, a, so he says if i can continue to do that in a major way remaining humble and just doing it all for the right reasons then i would much rather have that be my legacy than be the biggest box office star in the world uh i would like to have a legacy that i had a positive impact on people Wahlberg concluded uh he made similar so they, there was one more paragraph here that i really really liked where he talks about um Basically, he's talking about one of the things that I struggle with doing the show. uh, I am one of those people that says, who am I to judge a lot? Like even like just then we were just talking about Ezra Miller and. I'm asking questions about what's going on, about why the studio is putting up with what he's doing. Uh, Is there financial stake that's so important in what in that makes his behavior worth tolerating? Mm -hmm. But I don't want at the same time, I'm one of those people that says, I don't want to feel like I'm judging someone on a whim if that makes sense. So I struggle with that when we do this job because we're reporting on stuff, we're talking about stuff, I'm sharing my opinion, but it doesn't mean I think less of that person because I don't know that person's actual internal struggle. I don't know what their life is going through. And for the and to be frank, most of what we see is very curated and it's not like we've seen everything they've experienced that's brought them to that point.
2: But if you did read something about a celebrity or a director or a public figure and you thought less of them, like would that be bad?
0: No, I, I guess not. Uh, I'm, I'm. I shouldn't say think less of. I should say that uh, I would. I'm one of the people that lends him, leans into giving people the benefit of the doubt most of the time. Miller seems to have been you know, done enough where he's lost, uh, most people's ability to give him the benefit of the doubt. But I err on the side of giving most people the benefit of the doubt most of the time, because I'm a, you know, I don't want to be, I, I wouldn't want people judging me based on my worst actions. So I hesitate to judge heavily based on somebody else's the worst choices they've ever made. I guess, yeah. um, that's just something that him, what they're talking about in this article, uh, it spoke to me in that way. Mm-hmm. It says, when he asked to scribe, okay, where was that other paragraph? He said, um, Uh, He says, yeah, especially when you have stuff in your own closet that you have to worry about. For me personally, I know I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I've been focused since I was 16, 17 years old, turning my life around. And that is a daily task that I have to continue to work on. So there's humility there in learning. And he says, we all have our moments. It's not my place to judge. I know that all the work that I am doing is to hopefully, hopefully when it's my day, to be judged that I get a pass and I get to go and I get to go and go I, I get to get go up, I get to go up. I'm sorry. Uh, so he's he's focused on heaven and he's focused on uh, making it to where he wants to go when he passes on. and I think we could all do with a little bit of introspection about what we want from our legacies and what we want in our lives. Uh, and I don't see a lot of that in most of these industries. Uh, when we have these discussions here, I, I think like I could do better to bring these things up, like to look at yourself inwards and say, am I asking good questions? Are we talking about the right aspects of this story? And it shouldn't all just be fodder, but it should all be worth asking yourself whether you're making a positive impact with the stuff you're discussing.
2: Yeah, I think this story and the making of Father Stew is interesting to talk about, especially in contrast to a lot of the ways we view studios right now. I mean, we've talked about mergers between, you know, Amazon and Time Warner and all kinds of things and said, you know, they're buying this product. How are they going to make money? Their bottom line is their objective is making money. And it's interesting to hear from someone who is like, no, I I have a, a deeper philosophical theological reason for yeah. producing this kind of work. And personally, I like mission driven work. Yeah. Um. And so in that sense, I'm not Catholic. I am religious and I'm still interested in seeing this come together because I think we do see a lot of efforts in today's culture to make content that is contrary to the um you know I don't want to condemn people who are driven to make money because I think there is a level of uh practicality in it. If it's your business, you can have a multi million dollar movie studio that makes no money. Like that's not gonna work. But uh the same way that Um, Daily Wire is starting to produce a lot of their own content. We're seeing this sort of, um, you know, a major Hollywood player delve into faith-based movies. It's interesting to see how our view of motivation in producing yeah. movies is changing.
0: He says, uh, while we're going he says, people need to have faith and hope. Young men need to know what it's like to be a real man. He said, that's what he wants people to learn from father Stu. That was interesting. Cause it feels like most of the movies today. And I don't mean to be like, uh, all encompassing in my judgment, but it feels like most of it is focused, uh, more female, Uh, in the entertainment industry these days a lot of it having to do with like what's it's like uh, women control the money in the household anyway so all entertain all all things are marketed towards women
2: yeah a lot I mean that's true and a lot of studies show us that Um, what I actually think is interesting about that is number one are you telling us you read Jordan Peterson books and also uh, Wahlberg has a bunch of daughters as far as I know yeah he may have sons too but he is filling something he he feels like is needed widely even though it may not apply directly to his own personal experience
0: I would hope that we, and it's just so interesting because we're in an age now where movies are being filled with messages. It just happens to be messages that we feel are being done clumsily and, th- and shoved down our throats. Whatever your social messaging is in these shows and these movies, it tends to be done in a divisive, uh, and impractical way that never feels organic mm-hmm. or real. Whereas this is some, something like this is based on a true story. Haven't seen the movie yet. It comes out in about a week. Could be, I mean, for all we know, it could be bad. We don't know. It, the trailer looked really, really good, mm-hmm. but like to see, a. Uh, a wider variety of these types of messages is something that I'm okay with because I never I never complain when they put these messages in other movies. I complain when they put them in there poorly. Like, I don't care what your message is. I care how artfully you implement it. Mm, so, see,
2: I do care with the message. I think you are free to put whatever message you want in a film. It doesn't mean I have to tolerate and like all of the
0: messages. Well, I'm not saying I like it, but I'm saying I don't have a problem with it existing, but I am going to critique whether you do it well or not.
2: Sure. I mean, the other thing about this is, like, biopics are so... Like there's so many of them coming yeah. out right now, especially about companies or industry leaders. They have that one about the uh fake German heiress who, you know.
0: Inventing Anna. Inventing yeah. Anna.
2: Like, there's a lot of them. And I actually am happy to see one come out about, like, someone from the Catholic Church yep. because I think the Catholic Church is often used as ho- by Hollywood to have so many negative yeah. uh, depictions. And again, like, we could debate whether mm. that's fair or not. I know there are a lot of, um you know, the Catholic Church is not without its scandals or without its errors, but it is interesting to see the one-off depiction of a priest, especially since, as far as I know, Mary, you may have to correct me here, but, like, most... the Catholic Church is in need of priests. They they have a shortage of them, yes. from what I understand. A lot
1: of them are getting imported from Africa and South America. But then there's also priest shortages in those continents as well. Yeah, so, all over the church, the church is sort of without yeah, priests. I think messaging that shows the priesthood is not this alien thing that is inaccessible to us um, could maybe encourage young men to look into it. Yeah.
0: And and I think what it goes, boils down to is that when he's talking about cancel culture, they're just talking about the inability to forgive people for making mistakes. Oftentimes, not the worst thing in the world. We're not all talking about crimes. We're talking about somebody saying something rude to someone else 15 years ago, or they made tweets that were awful. This happened. We talked about this yesterday about the, the one who was take, supposed to take over for Teen Vogue. And she said some, you know, vaguely... Uh, crappy stuff about another group of people that she clearly wasn't a part of, like 10 years... Like pro-
1: stupid jokes stupid about jokes Asian people that, or something. That
0: she clearly made when she was much, much younger. Yeah. And for that, she loses out on the opportunity of a lifetime to edit a magazine she'd always read.
2: The thing about cancel culture is that it's meant to be a death like it's meant to be final and it's meant Mm -hmm. to completely delete you as far as we can and i think that's so different from christianity which is often depicted as this very authoritative rule like heavy controlling um theology which i don't think it is i think that we are not exposed i mean unless you attend church and you grew up in that kind of faith like you don't realize that really the message is forgiveness and redemption and cancel culture does not offer a path to redemption and without that like we're just hitting this wall of like deleting someone or trying to and then being upset when they come back like we have to know what to do with people because everyone is imperfect.
0: When, 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 um, Louis CK came back, I was like, the, this is what they, they don't want you to come back. They want you dead. They want you homeless in a box on the side of the road. They don't want you to be able to make money. They don't want you to be able to thrive. They don't want you to be able to have any type of enjoyment, happiness, or,
2: well, they want you to never have to invade a space that they feel as though they are entitled to again. And
0: that's want... all spaces mm-hmm. to them. They believe that they have the moral high ground and have the right like to if all he spaces
2: was quietly sitting in a Denny somewhere. They didn't care about, they wouldn't care. But if he is in some way influencing a culture, yeah, they being this very vague description of people.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the Royal, they, the Royal day, the Royal day, uh,
2: then it's a problem, yep. right?
0: Uh, and Wahlberg, uh, so I I pulled this up because I was like okay so the the world's been like Hollywood's been good to him he's got uh, a mansion that's being sold for nearly ninety million dollars which I'm gonna put on the screen just so you guys can see that picture I apologize Spotify listeners if you could see this place that he built we
1: describe if you were a premium member if, on YouTube yes
0: yes um, <laughs> an elite viewer if you were one of our YouTube followers so basically this is like a castle with like another smaller castle and a third smaller castle. Uh, and he bought the property for eight point five. Like he bought the land, not the property for eight point two. He built five, this house. He built the house.
2: <gasps> so it says, fun. It says the
0: actors listed the his uh, his compound, which includes a me- a main mega mansion. I like that. There's something more than mansion. That it goes beyond that. That you can have a mega mansion.
2: Well, anybody in this area could have a yes.
0: mansion uh, with twelve bedrooms and twenty baths uh, and a separate guest house. I'm guessing that's what the smaller mansion is. Um, for a whopping eighty seven point five million he first bought the land in two thousand nine for eight point two five million uh, and spent years building the home it's over thirty thousand five hundred square feet of living space covered in European limestone. Uh, it's
2: crazy because that's how much the property is valued. And then he has furniture and art and clothing and belongings like inside of that. Like, I cannot imagine if that's the set of fire what the insurance claim would be like.
0: Yes. It says it's literally Los Angeles luxury defined. So I just, I just like, you know, clearly somebody like, I feel like a lot of people, one thing that I notice for like, this is a wide scale, like a panoramic view observation of people in Hollywood. The few people that are religious is gratitude is a very big part of who they are. They're grateful for what they've accomplished and they give credit to to God. They give credit to Jesus. But they, you know, not just that, but they feel this feeling that I feel a lot of other people don't. They don't feel gratitude because, you know, if you're an activist, you're always an activist and it never ends. Mm-hmm. So you never can just stop and appreciate what you have because there's always something else you need to ruin for other <laughs> mm-hmm. ruin for other people.
2: It's interesting to contrast someone like, uh, Mark Wahlberg with someone like Megan Rapinoe, the yes, USA soccer I'll just say for the, the whoever's listening. Uh, she's the a women's soccer uh player. I don't know if she's retiring yet, and she, she won the Olympics. I think and it's hard to keep track of them now. Yeah. But she was like her soundbite went crazy because she's holding her trophy and screaming, "I deserve this," <laughs> which like maybe she does, but like I didn't Have think it grace. made her more appealing. Um. I don't uh,
0: know. And one thing that I thought was interesting about this that was worth checking on was uh, I, I found a website that I think is my new favorite website where you can look at Is celebrity... it
2: faithwire.com? No,
0: it's not faithwire.com. Uh, it's uh, Look to the Stars, the world of celebrity giving. It's basically all the charities that they go to. Uh, and I went down like a nine to 10 person rabbit hole like just looking. So I looked up like where that like the charities that he gives to. So he clearly does give back. He, uh, it says 15 charities and this is likely old. So there's probably more since then. So like he gives to charities like the Boys and Girls Club of America, St. Francis Food uh, Pantries and Shelters. The Art of Elysium is a big one in that industry. The, Saint Lo- the Los Angeles Police Department Memorial Fund. So, you know, giving back is clearly important to him, whether it's through the messaging of his movies, whether it's through showing gratitude and giving back to charity. Uh, the more cynical side of me, if this was anybody else would say it's about, you know, it's the tax write off. But When people do well, I think you should, we should not just point out when the Ezra Millers, you know, make mistakes, but when somebody else is saying something that we agree with, or we think that that's a message worth, I guess the term would be signal boosting still, I would like to get back to pushing more positive messages and not just focus on uh, the hate bait that everyone likes to cover because it's so easy.
2: Yeah. I think also, you know, he said it in his interview, like he chooses, he prioritizes his conduct and the values that he lives by, right? Like I think So often we look at people like this and we say like oh it's so great that they're doing so many wonderful things and the truth is that like we are all capable of making the choice to make better decisions every day Um, and I think. You know, we look at Hollywood as this place of impulsivity and indulgence, and that's true for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be in some ways we have come to tolerate that. And so that's what it is. Yeah.
0: And for me, like I'm I feel like I'm making a decision just by covering something that has a more positive spin to it that's me doing something positive because I'm not putting nothing, but I'm not putting only uh, critique and negativity in the world. I'm also showing um, giving time to stuff that I think is important to cover. That's positive And I think that matters. Is that funny? Is that, is that wrong? Am I doing, <laughs> No.
1: Yeah. No? Just I'm glad we're moving on from the death and destruction yeah. and um, Mark Wahlberg. He just seems like a very intentional person. He seems like he takes, great care in what he does and i'm really glad that he's trying to reach young men with a message that is counteracting you know the other messaging that at the best you're annoying at the worst, you're threatening. Yeah, <laughs> and um...
0: so Mark Wahlberg for Jordan Peterson when they make the movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's definitely read his books. He, we, we all agree here. Right? Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, he has. So, uh, like when when we get like uh, Twelve Rules for Life, the movie,
1: forward by wa- Mark Wahlberg.
0: Yes, uh, <laughs> then we get um, we get Mark Wahlberg to play Jordan Jordan Peterson.
1: Yeah, I'd love yeah. to see them talk.
0: That would, be, that would be interesting. So does
2: Mark Wahlberg have a podcast? That's a real question.
0: He I, probably does. I, I would mean, listen so to that. Many, so Enough them free them time, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, where's
1: he moving to? You showed us his mansion. Like They
0: didn't say where wh- he's moving to. Oh, my God. Probably Texas. Well, if it's, you
1: have a place that huge, you're living in 5% of it anyway. Right.
2: But, like, is he staying in California? Are you going somewhere else? Probably going I to Texas. I saw this article, and I have no idea how con- confirmed it was that uh, Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds are leaving for Nashville. And it That was, makes like, sense.
0: Wasn't she country? Yeah.
2: Are you she's like was an actress she? right yeah. he's canadian or
0: he's no I'm i thought
2: she, she was like a new yorker but no I mean, i'm thinking of california
0: i'm thinking of somebody else never mind no no, no, no. she's mean.
2: she's not a as far as i know but like i also am like oh you know how there are lots of conservative content creators and movie producers no. out in nashville now why are you guys going there <laughs> Just speculation on my end.
0: Could could be so. Uh, we're going to move on. We're going to talk podluck, and Mary wants to to cover this one especially. Uh, so this is a segment. Or it says Jeff Wittick confirms a David Dobrik lawsuit after life threatening accident. Uh, do you want to go ahead and read this one?
1: Sure. Okay. Yeah. Jeff wittick has confirmed he started a lawsuit against David Dobrik following an accident in. This says 2021. They were wrong. It's 2020. That caused the former vlog squad member to nearly lose an eye. So the context of this. um, He was in David Dobrik's vlog squad. in since 2017 and they all went to uh, Utah in 2020 in June 2020 together to film each other wakeboarding connected to this excavator like. In the water. They they rented it out, brought it into the water so that they could record each other doing that. Um, and then they had the idea to do away with the wakeboards and just swing off of the excavator. Very smart. Free in the air. <laughs> and that was going well for a few minutes. Um, it's hard to explain without a visual, uh, unfortunately, but basically David was operating the excavator he had no idea what he was doing. He but... didn't
0: have his uh, heavy machinery license, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so he was swinging it super fast. He was swinging Jeff in circles super fast. And then he just immediately stopped it. Um, and then Jeff slammed into the machine. Oof. It, like, crushed his, his skull. It fractured his skull. He almost lost one of his eyes. And I think he broke a bunch of bones in his rib cage too. He and fell into the water, and I think they thought he was dead at first.
0: And still can't see, right? Is that um, what you're saying? Or you think he can't see? Or he might, he vision, might
1: have some vision loss because he keeps wearing these sunglasses. I don't know. Maybe he's sensitive to light now. Um, but he I didn't end up losing the eye. Which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so then in the beginning of 2021 david was coming under fire for an unrelated scandal having to do with a sexual assault victim who is uh alleging that she had been featured in one of their vlogs and then assaulted but then they made it out like nothing happened so that was involving some other person named dirty dom anyways um, always good sign dirty (laughs) dom (laughs) is at the same time as that they started talking about jeff's accident because it was kind of suspicious that none of them were really talking about it for a long time after it happened, and he just had this in- injury and was publicly appearing with this eye patch on, and um, nobody so was really sure what happened. So he
2: continued to appear in the vlogs afterwards.
1: Yes, um, and also at the time, Casey Neistat had already been uh, filming for a documentary about David. That's coming out soon called Under the Influence. It's going to be streamed soon. Um, so he captured the the raw footage of what happened as well. But Jeff was remaining friends with David after this. It was just tense because uh, David wasn't really sure how to respond. I think it's just because he's a socially inept person and he...
2: Well, and I assume he, like, didn't want to do something that would indicate that he was liable for the accident.
1: Yeah, and immediately after it happened, Jeff asked David to promise, uh, don't tell anyone that it was my idea to get into this, like, situation. It was his idea to start, like, hanging off this excavator and swinging off of it. It was whose idea? It was Jeff's idea originally, and he made David promise not to tell people that after it happened. Does
0: it matter whose idea it was just that or just that legally they both...
1: it might, <laughs> I
0: feel like legally it would only matter that they participated, not who came up with the idea.
2: Um, I would say it's mixed. So like he couldn't sue David, maybe under like an employer, ma- like saying like David made me do this. Yeah. He's my okay. employer. I felt right. like I would mm-hmm. like David could be like, no, it was his idea. On the other hand, like, David is the one who rented the excavator. David is the one who was operating the excavator. David is the one who mm-hmm. was like, we are going to Utah to film. Like, he is liable for, it seems to me, yes. he is responsible
1: for a lot of the scenario that led to yes. this accident. And it didn't seem at first like Jeff was going to go after him legally at all. They were friends for like a year after this happened. Um, and he even made his own miniseries uh, documenting the aftermath of his injury from this yeah that was um in april 2021 that he did that that was don't try this i think it was called don't try this at home
0: (laughs) It says jeff threatened Um, david with a lawsuit for the accident on march 9th of 2022 and on april 5th episode is when he confirmed that he's moving forward with the legal battle
1: Yes, it's official now. Yeah,
0: so it says we're not really, we're not really talking. I felt really pissed uh, off hearing the stuff he said. Whittick explained the guy's never going to learn. I guess I'll just take uh, I'll just talk to some lawyers. I can't have the stress in my life. I want to come on camera and be funny. Uh, there's like nothing's more stressful than having to be funny on camera. Seriously, like uh, being funny is one thing, but having to be funny like productively and professionally would probably be like the hardest thing in the entire world when you really think about it.
1: Yeah, and this this guy's. Is- undergone so much stress and he even has i think he said he has huge memory loss problems as well did um sorry to interrupt you did dobrik cover any of his medical expenses um that was what i was wondering about because i was watching this um podcast. i think his podcast is called views and um they were talking about that they mentioned the medical bills but then they were kind of just dancing around it and talking about nothing for i didn't hear anything
0: that mentioned uh whether they were paid or not yeah like they were just
1: kind of dancing around what the core issues
2: like if he has unpaid medical expenses that might have prompted him to go after david like if they're more expensive Mm -hmm. than he can afford yeah that that might indicate the timing but david
1: knows that this friendship is trashed now so and he has enough money, well enough money to pay for these medical bills and then some too. Has he commented on it at all publicly? He has. Yeah. Like he's told his side of the story and discussed it with the other vlog members that were there. And I suppose
0: like if the lawsuit had come like right after, they nobody would but have spoke it, on it, but since so it took so long, it's so awkward
1: because Jeff was trying to be friends with him afterwards yeah. and be buddy buddy, but at the same time felt weird about it yeah. and didn't want to confront it head yeah, on. Yeah, and like do they do they have health
2: insurance through David? Like, do you get your paycheck through him? Like, there are other implications for, like, feeling like you need to yeah, stay super on good unconventional. terms with him.
0: Yeah. Yep. yeah, Yep. I, I this is like, uh, oh, gosh, this is just ex- the nightmare of like not living, not working in like a, a very structured like I don't know how structured the environment is for like their job. Like as far as like pay and court, like whether it's done through like uh, a sub, you know, like a, a subsidiary company, how all this goes. Like I feel like in in the world of like entertainment now, when it's like when you make a movie in a studio, it's exa- it's very regimented, it's very corporate. Whereas like a lot of like the YouTube and content creation is far less. Uh, Linear in the way the, the yeah. everything is produced, and
2: it's like I mean I have to go say, say the obvious like it's crazy that these adult men were like this is a great idea. Let us. That's the same.
0: most <laughs> adult man yeah, thing to do.
1: There's a legal argument here that he was coerced into doing yeah. this and psychologically tormented well, by David, and like this environment where
2: they have gotten to the point like they have been filming for a long time. There's this. Is, yes. There's no way this is the
1: only time they have taken um an extreme risk, risk like yeah th- people have gotten tattoos for the vlog and done all sorts of dangerous stunts for the vlog there have been other injuries. like this is just like
2: the biggest injury it sounds like
1: yeah one of them i think uh drove an atv in over <laughs> with this ramp went onto the ramp over and was trying to go over this pool in the backyard and then it didn't work and he like hit his head on the concrete like
0: was he wearing a helmet
1: I don't think
2: so, no. But every time that they do something like this and it doesn't go wrong, it gives them license to try a bigger stunt. Mm-hmm. And like, I...
0: How did Jackass get away with it for so many years? Because it was more corporate.
1: It was yeah. more corporate. And, and the and... lines between work and play yep. in this situation are so blurred. And I there's think no one there, I bag.
2: think, being like, nope, this, like... With networks, they have like risk managers, right? Who yeah. are like, no, we can't say that. We can't do that. Like, they here, don't have a production they, team. They don't it's have anyone. Them. They just get to be like, well, here's what we're gonna do.
0: Like this, if it's like also, a jack- if you were
2: to be the one person starting to that, or like, that's like, no, I don't want to swing on the excavator. How do you think that group is gonna respond? Yeah. Like,
0: gee, what a oh, lo- sounds good. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. And then they're just going to deride you and and make fun of you. And yeah. But at the same time, I'm of the opinion that then that's your business to like not do it. Like if if you if you're hesitant about it, you need to make that decision for yourself and not bow to the the pressure of the group.
2: I'd be curious to see how the legal documents come out. Like if they're like, no, if I didn't appear in the vlog, then I wasn't getting paid that day. Like that's very different than Mm -hmm. just like nah like i do this for for exposure and i make my own money like it it's hard Mm -hmm. to say what's going on there
1: well he does have his own thing going but then arguably he could get compensation for damage to his career from being injured and unable to work independently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he had his own show called the uh, Jeff's Barbershop where he brings in people for interviews and cuts their hair. I'm sure he couldn't do any of that. As a one-eyed barber. As a one-eyed barber with memory loss. <laughs> yeah. Happened <laughs> <I don't laughs> to like so. what?
0: Wait, you wanted to fade, right? No. A little asymmetrical. He, he was getting
1: countless surgeries after this. Like yeah. it was a lot
0: that is uh that the, just given the fact that we work in like a fairly non-linear <laughs> a fairly asymmetrical work environment here uh but I
1: nothing even close to this like i know we have a vlog here but imagine if nick just like started filming and came into your bedroom in the morning to wake you up and like poured some unknown substance all over you <laughs> like Just, does that happen in their <laughs> vlogs yeah like stuff like that happens all the time
0: that's uh yes uh that's i would not want that <laughs> like, you got to know what you're signing and up if for If you didn't
1: want to do that then you have to move out and you're fired
0: uh is that <laughs> ever explicitly said like if you don't do this you're I mean, they
1: make a joke out of it, but it's also serious. Yeah. I've watched tons of the vlogs. Ha, so. ha ha
0: ha 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 Sure, would be a, a shame if you didn't do this and had to go out and live on your own.
1: What's the appeal of the vlogs, do you think?
2: Because they, I mean, they've got huge, a uh, very serious following, right?
1: Yeah, I think mostly mm, teenagers and college students are into the vlog just because they it makes them think of their own friend groups and like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's oh, different, like, and bold, like, we're kind of so thing. crazy, like just like them, and they think David David is cool because, you know, he's able to stunt with his money and everything. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: it, it it doesn't really, it's not my thing, but it wouldn't have be, I don't even think this type of, oddly enough, given, like, everyone thinks that just because I grew up skating that, like, I loved, like, all types of, like, jackass and stuff like that. Never, <laughs> I don't think I ever watched a single episode mm-hmm. in my entire life. Yeah. Like, it's like, it was never my thing, so, like, this wouldn't have been, like, I obviously I know who David Dover is, and I've seen stuff just because, like, Nick loves uh, uh, Casey Neistat loves uh, I would use them as reference points a lot, and I knew who they were, but wasn't really my cup of tea. Yeah,
1: Casey's is gonna um, put out this this documentary under the influence, and I realized that he was friends with David before this incident happened, and then he ended up needing to continue documenting everything that was happening, Oof. including David getting canceled for these sexual assault allegations against his friend. Yeah. And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how he navigated, like, no longer putting a positive spin on this guy. Yeah. That must
0: have been hard. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if they were friends beforehand and he's just trying to be... Unless
1: it, the documentary does have positive spin.
0: Well, I'm saying, like, if, yeah. he, if he's friends with them and, like, he has to put... It, I mean, a negative spin or just covers it accurately, that must have been If difficult. you cover it
1: accurately, he's going to look bad. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, so if he's
0: if he's friends and he covers it accurately, yeah. that's, that's a... I guess that's a testament to his work, but it also yeah. like that can't be easy. Well, and, and it
2: impacts his credibility if he's trying to launch into documentaries going yeah. forward. Like he can't just, po- like if the neutral line, if you just present all the facts and David looks bad, that's okay. Yeah, it would be bad if he made this a villain out of someone who's not a villain. Mm-hmm but it would also be equally as bad if he tries to be like oh you guys don't understand David's so misunderstood that's yeah. it,
0: that's interesting cuz that's a discussion i've had with a lot of friends who work uh, in that industry who do documentaries about like where they're uh, how they find their projects about like uh, i've asked them like do you find it easier to make projects you're passionate about or is it easier to make projects you're less interested in because you can remain more objective uh, certain things if it's if it's a cause or it's an issue that you're really that you have strong opinions on, your opinions will bleed through if you're not careful. Um, so something like this, where it's it's as close as somebody you are you actually know in the real world and you have a relationship with, that has to be very, very, very difficult to be able to try and make that documentary without falling into some type of narrative spin. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that is uh that is uh, I don't ever want to be on that side of the aisle like that type of uh thing like when nick nick makes the vlog every day he has to you know he's still telling a story and we would explain that sometimes like there would be times where i was like why do i always come off like a dick in the vlog like i do i can't. guess you are i'm just kidding
2: i'm just kidding i am so
0: not but that's that's the funny thing like i like the i was telling mary earlier like sometimes it's i'd hear him editing it and because i hate the sound of my own voice so much i would like run to the other room Not really, but I'd be like, "Oh God, that sounded my own voice." But then sometimes, like, I'd like hear myself talking back to someone, and I'm like, "Why do I sound like such a prick?" And he's like, "Eh." "But I was was like, why are you using that? I was clearly kidding." And he's like, (laughs) "But you know, you cut it, you edit it just the right way. Uh, All you have to do is like, um, there's a a great documentary on how they make uh, reality TV. Like, because it's now acceptable to do jump cuts in these types of industries, meaning that you don't have to cut to another shot. You can just cut from." to yeah. the next frame you don't know what the hell went missing in that frame in there and that can make mm-hmm. all the difference in the world's context yeah. and so you are still forming i'm not saying nick did this but i'm saying like people do this when they make these types of products right projects what i
2: would say is like all vlogs from all creators are only 10 15 maybe 20 percent of what's going on in their lives at the most and that's gen- like 20 is crazy generous. that would be the very generous is, like yeah People can do that and still be giving you a really authentic, honest product. It's just that, like, there's no way to capture everything that's going no. on and give you all the context. That used to but happen with here a lot. David Dobrik, if this is 10% of what's going on, it is hard to believe <laughs> the other 90
1: <laughs> is less crazy. Yeah. Well, that's not even 10% because his are, I think they were weekly and they were 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Everyone knows
0: it was 4 yep. minutes
1: and 20 seconds every time. And um, I guess the appeal was that they are contrived. No wonder the bros
0: liked it so much.
1: They're contrived, but like there's still that little suspension of disbelief that it's actually this crazy every day. They're always partying. They're always doing stunts, everything.
0: I would say it's it's not it's it's like yeah if I not anything... always
1: doing stunts but they're probably always being insane
0: well no like you know, like I can like I'm picturing them like in a in like a big studio the day before like writing out like a storyboard like how it's going to look the next day like and then we're going to look really crazy <laughs> and wild but they're like wearing like suits and ties trying to figure out what the hell they're supposed to be doing to make themselves look wild See, and I crazy. just mean
2: like every time that they do something on camera you're like wow this seems like it has poor judgment behind it yeah like that was what they thought was the best judgment was that made it to camera so think of all the things that they come up with that they're like no that's too far
0: yeah, yeah. what what was the stuff that got nixed yeah because like, they that's cover. what i want to ask yeah that one. that i don't want to know <laughs> i don't want to all right we're gonna cover one more thing i'm gonna skip one thing we're gonna go to the last one And this one uh mary is going to love uh TikTok to fund its first ever broadway musical
1: are, are you involved with this mary uh unfortunately no they they cut me from the cast mary we're we're gonna
0: we're gonna we're gonna send mary uh, a mary audition tape to them maybe (laughs) they will maybe they will hire her
2: no we're gonna start our own our side of talk whatever Uh (laughs) you know what i mean and have our because they say like oh it's um i don't know like beauty talk or book talk or whatever (laughs) like we'll have mary talk and she can have (laughs) her own musical
0: that's perfect
2: are you into musicals no. Well, <laughs> you better start studying. I will be now.
0: <laughs> so you're going to you you're gonna have to learn how to sing. So it mm-hmm. says, uh, TikTok is, se- is set to take center stage. The popular social media platform has uh, ordered its first ever fully funded musical, which is set to be streamed through the app in April, according to Variety. The music titled uh, For You Page... Will be helmed by Daniel Metzlough, uh, the creative force behind the viral Ratatouille, the TikTok musical, which debuted January 1st, 2021. I vaguely remember that. Uh, for You page was inspired by real life content creators and features all original music. Well, that's not very nice for TikTok. Shouldn't they be using, uh, shouldn't they all be lip syncing if it's TikTok?
1: They lip sync to real. <laughs> Maybe they want their own original songs to blow up on TikTok after it's out.
0: It's really just a marketing scheme. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Uh, it says, uh, so it says uh, with original music written by uh, Mertzluff and several others, and orchestrations by Macy Schmidt. Uh, the musical follows Landon, an up-and-coming TikTok creator, who is thrust into the spotlight after a song he debuts goes viral. He ends up leaving his friends behind and landing a gig, transforming the song into a fully-fledged musical and learning he can't do everything alone. So it's a musical inside a musical. It's a medical, it's like a meta musical. Uh, About
2: an app inside an app from an app with a musical. I got it. My this bra- makes more sense. Yep.
0: My brain hurts. Uh, <laughs> Not hard. Uh, Mertzloff, who has been working on the show since January of this year, has been documenting the creative process behind For You Page on his TikTok, giving users a unique behind-the-scenes look at how the musical is made. Uh, The cast of For You Page will feature all content creators and will be live-streamed on the official TikTok account uh, from a Broadway theater. They don't say what Broadway theater, but it would be hilarious to, like, who would be the person we could send here that would be, like, the, the person to have, like, the least fun at that I feel like Dane would like it in a weird way but <laughs> I, I bet no
2: who who would we send who would It be would
0: probably in? be me to be honest me or No
2: i think you'd get into it cuz you like pop culture and you'd be like this is different and you can appreciate people's creative efforts like it has to be our like most straight-laced person who is like i don't have time for musicals <laughs> It Cassandra. might be Chris
0: Cassandra, would Cassandra, Cassandra like might it? get into it I don't know Um, Chris Chris just like I can't But Chris loves pop cl- oh, oh Chris nope. oh, yeah, yeah I think
2: Chris Poole Chris Carr would have a great time Yes Chris he's, Carr would have a great he's time He's tired He wants a break from his kids He and his yep. wife would have a, Love going to the theater
0: <laughs> Yes And he and he was like, like It was like He He's one of those people that, like, every time he comes on, he blows me, away, like, he would blow me away by the weird stuff he knows. Yeah. He's like, I'm a Britney Spears completist or something like this, or, like, like he's a completist of something, like, that Chris I... This
2: car is, he's the editor for the, he's executive editor for the news site, if anyone's wondering, yeah. and he is just a delight. I have loved working with him.
0: I but miss he, having him on.
2: He is, like, the nicest person, very, like, poised and professional, yep. who has extremely strong opinions about things you don't expect.
0: Hates... People hates England,
2: hates England,
0: hates England. Even
2: when I use like British sources, I think he like cringes, (laughs) but like he never gives me a hard time about it. I'm British and he Uh like saved this fact for me for a long time. Like he was like, look, I have to tell you hate the British I think that he hates the British and yeah.
0: he's so dry. You can't tell if he's being sarcastic or that's not. Great. <laughs> like, like I mentioned that one time I was like, and the filming began in Britain and he goes, no, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I, I think he would actually have a really great time at this. I think Chris, uh, Pool. pool would 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 absolutely detest this
2: crowds young people TikTok yeah. no
0: no 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 thank you whatsoever I, I don't know who else maybe uh Allison I, I don't know if Allison Allison
2: would... is just so busy she'd be yeah. like I don't have time she'd for be, musical musical she would be
0: working on the on her laptop at the <laughs> at the actual event that would yeah, that would be, be so fun. funny I don't know who else uh, I I think I could at least get into like all the production elements. Yeah. Like, like even if like the music makes me cringe and the idea of being at a TikTok musical makes me cringe knowing like all the work that went into like designing the sets, building the, you know, the choreography. Yeah. I can be like, I can appreciate that. Look, even if, if we
2: get three tickets to opening night and they were like, Tim cast, we want you to come review our TikTok musical. Obviously you two would go cause pop culture mm-hmm. and. Mary is actually a TikToker. And then Carter is the obvious choice to go because yes. he is our uh, musical content. And when we did our road trip to Austin for Timcast Live, uh, Carter and I sat in the back and composed several political musicals that I think would oh. be fantastic. And he like he doesn't remember this because we were all we did this drive like twenty four hours straight. He was so <laughs> like punch drunk in the car, but I was like, wouldn't it be funny if there was like this musical? And he was like, yes. And here's the f- first song. Like <laughs> I think he would be great to go.
0: And then um, he can armchair expert the show after the fact and, re- and rewrite it.
2: I actually I, I did a lot of theater when I was younger, and when you live in places that, doesn't, that don't have the budget to have theater programs They always do a musical because you can get so many people involved with it yeah um and so i am not musical in any way but i did take part in a lot of musicals i'm actually really i think this is a cool concept to see like no matter how you feel about tiktok to see like original content with people who are involved because tiktok has launched so many people's careers or so given them this platform i think it's interesting
0: i'm ready for my space the musical
2: Oh, I would love that. Starring anymore. Tom. So that's our <laughs> counter musical to this. Yes, that's our hip.
0: That would be the hipster musical version, because uh, you know hipsters uh, would want to use the. And plus, it, MySpace was all music. Uh, almost that was like it became known for music towards the end because it's called it
2: losing MySpace. Yeah, and you see what happens. That. Okay, so after this, we're gonna have a production meeting. For our <laughs> and we're gonna
0: start our. We're gonna start writing our. Somebody
2: call Carter. Yes, yeah, so we're gonna need
0: to call him up here and start uh, producing our Big musical. Big things are
2: coming. Yep. <laughs> well,
0: you never know. So, uh, I I that, I kind of shuddered at that, but it's also it's so current year that it's it's better than um what was it, Cats. I I I, I never want to see Cats. I watched the movie Cats, and uh, why would you do
2: that?
0: I I <laughs> sat. And I through are
2: concerned it. for your safety. <laughs> I
0: I sat through it. It why? was um, why.
2: I that was Before they were doing this show, I'm worried a, about you, you. <laughs> on purpose to himself for it no was,
0: reason. It was like everyone's like, gets so bad. I'm like, well, how bad could it be? And well, it was that bad. But it's also like I wasn't expecting a cat's live action thing to be good.
2: Were you like atoning for some sins? This is like your penance.
0: Yes, I was. I was. Uh, I was paying. Uh, I was paying off all my uh, uh, my negative karma and debt uh, through watching a movie that I knew I would absolutely hate.
1: That just seems. James Corden was in that, right?
0: I don't. I just remember. He was. I draw
1: the line. There's like a bunch of these people who was like, why did any
2: of you have business doing this at all?
0: Taylor Swift was in it too. Yeah. There's like a
2: ton of them. Judy
0: Dench was in it.
1: Like, why? When it must have been some sort of Hollywood... Blackmail? Deep, like, like, humiliation ritual? They, well, they keep... They keep... I feel like it was like
2: blackmail. They were like, we've got something on you, and we really want to make this movie, so you better be in it. You're
0: on that Wayfair list, aren't you? It
2: doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, well, whose agent was like...
1: I've got a great idea, dude. They send me this. They're script. art
0: nerds. Of course, See? they wanted to do this. They love music. Like they love That's musicals. That's what Hollywood dude. is. Yeah, all the, the nerds.
1: theater nerds, all in one place. One
0: of one of the one of the most profound things somebody ever said to me was like, when Me Too happened, he's like, dude, don't you remember high school? All the art nerds. Did you ever meet a normal theater person? He's like, now give them a, a ton of money. Uh, he's like, natural selection, where only the hot art nerds are left. Bad things are going to happen, man. Bad things are going to happen. And he was right. He was absolutely mm-hmm. right.
2: The TikTok the musical makes me think of um, when a very Potter musical kind of went viral on YouTube. And it's like 21 parts. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. You didn't watch Harry Potter growing up. But in 2012, maybe, mm-hmm. there was, it was a Michigan State University theater troupe. And I don't know how affiliated with like a class or what they made and wrote original music based off of the Harry Potter books. And it was like a really mm. cool, it, it, they put it up on YouTube, you know, in however long chunks, 20 minute chunks. Um, and it was a really minimal set and it was obviously super low budget and it was really entertaining. I thought it was really funny. And well Oh yeah, done.
0: money doesn't equate to, but to entertaining for sure. from it,
2: um, do you know who Darren Chris is? No, I don't. He went on, he was in this and it was when Glee was really popular and then he got cla- cast as a, you know some supporting role in glee and then stayed with the series for a long time and he's been on broadway since like it had this sort of weird cultural moment that launched this one star that maybe he would have done well anyways but um yeah that that reminds me of like they didn't make it for youtube but this relationship between social media and independent musical projects like it, it just reminds me of that era. They
0: love so many of the actors are mus are musicians as well, not just like band musicians, but they all love to sing and they're all.
2: The thing yeah. is, in America, if you are in any high school production at all, if you try theater, even if you're not really into it, it's probably going to be a musical because, yep. again, they're most the most cost effective for education or for school systems to put on yep. because they require la- large numbers of numbers of people. So you can have 45 people who can't sing be extras and still be like, oh yeah, I was in our high school. Uh, theater thing that
0: would have been me because i can't sing yeah i too. can't sing at all mary can you sing
2: no not really you not know? yet not yet but come my sp- MySpace the musical
0: What <laughs> when mary stars in as tom in myspace the musical <laughs> you get to be tom
1: Awesome! Very current yeah. year. Can't wait. I will.
0: I have tons of white shirts. You can wear like all the like the, the white shirt that he wears in his profile picture. You know he ended up becoming like a like a travel photographer. Like he like retired because he made like a gazillion dollars off selling MySpace and just travels and takes uh, and just takes photos.
2: You mean he just became a professional wealthy person? I, yes, that's great.
0: Yes, he's a he's a professional wealthy person. Hmm. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> all right thank you so much for coming hannah claire yeah thank, thank you guys you. for
2: having me tell
0: everyone where they can find you on social media you
2: can find me on instagram at hannah you can find me on gab at hannah b and you can find me of course on timcast.com click on the read tab
0: and on uh opening night of myspace the musical at second in
2: yeah okay. i think i'll be the writer i don't think i'm gonna be on stage
0: you get to be the person who came up with like having a top eight friends list that's me. Yep,
2: <laughs> I was actually never on
1: MySpace, so
0: oh, that's yeah. too bad.
1: Where Mary,
0: where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Closer Kitty,
0: and also find her on opening night of MySpace the musical as Tom. You will see me there. Yes. Uh, Guys, for me, you can follow me on Instagram at Brett Dasovic. For the show, like I said earlier, please follow us on YouTube. Uh, Like the videos, leave comments on the videos, subscribe to that channel. It helps us greatly. I very much appreciate it. Uh, In the description box to all of them, it has a link to the Spotify playlist. Uh, There was an issue with our Spotify upload today. We are are working on it and getting the full episode fixed, but those new episodes come out Monday through Friday on Spotify, also on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and on Pandora. And on social media, you can find us on Twitter at popculture underscore show we are now on instagram at pop culture crisis pod and you can also find us on facebook and on tiktok make dane very happy there it's at pop culture crisis and we'll be back with a new episode on monday see you then guys bye